Congress took its first official step toward impeaching a president. The House voted 232 to 196 to approve a resolution that lays out rules for the impeachment process. It was a nearly perfect party-line vote. Every single Republican voted against it. All but two Democrats voted in favor of it. Adam Schiff, meanwhile, the congressman from Burbank, was ecstatic. Schiff has spent years obsessing over impeachment like it was a young Jodie Foster. Colleagues say he has pictures of impeachment taped to the walls of his bedroom. He's believed to have written its steamy, unhinged letters using his own body fluids. So for Schiff, today's vote was thrilling in ways that only a court-appointed psychiatrist could fully appreciate. Watch him here, though, pretend that it was not, in fact, the happiest day of his entire adult life. This is a solemn day in the history of our country when the president's misconduct has compelled us to continue to move forward with an impeachment inquiry. We take no joy in having to move down this road and proceed with the impeachment inquiry, but neither do we shrink from it. We take no joy in this. Of all the many lies told at public expense in Washington, D.C., and there are many, that may be the most hilariously brazen of all in at least a generation, for those of you keeping track at home. In fact, for Democrats, impeachment is like winning the lotto on Christmas. So uh, I found that pretty amusing, and I, it's, it's another one of those games that gets played in politics where we all, I think... No, that's not true. If either side gets the chance to really stick it to the other side, they're thrilled. Oh, yeah. They're not sad. <laughs> I'm sad that I'm in this position where my opponent is. No, you're not. Well, that's you're a laughable thrilled. assertion. You can tell by by laughing. <laughs> that's, that's how you know it's one. Why does everybody just act like what, what they feel? You know, d- dance around, throw a party. Oh, yeah, we finally figured out a way of impeachment. Woo! And that's that's what your supporters feel also. So why... Is, why why go through the histrionics? I remember when Putin invaded Ukraine uh, with the little green men who were not the Russian troops at all. Uh, and everybody knew they were. I mean, everybody knew they were. But he said, no, uh, they are not our troops. And that was good enough. Well, oh, dang it. Dang it, stymied. He said they weren't his. Is this that? I don't know. Was this a sad day? Oh, it's a sad day. Who bought that? Was this a sad day, Adam Schiff? Behind closed doors, never cracked a smile. Never any enthusiasm. I think we got him this time. Never any of that. Just a, oh boy. So there's even more evidence that he did something impeachable? Oh, Oh, no. I was afraid of that. Nancy, Nancy, Adam Schiff here. Bad news. Bad news. (laughs) (laughs) We found even more evidence that Trump... Tried to pull off a quid pro quo, and I, I, I hate to even what? say it. I Did wish it weren't true. Oh my god! Oh my god! Um, I, I've, got to, I've got to call you back. <laughs> Why not just admit you're happy? Half the country's happy, so half the country's not. But the half that's the happy that that approves of you. Why not just act happy for them? I don't know what the game is. Well, it looks like you're not taking your constitutional duties seriously, because you're not. You're just vicious partisan hacks. What little decorum and decency that there was in politics is now gone, and Trump bears some of that blame. Um, so just go ahead. We know. We know. It's all right. Uh, the other headline of the day is Elizabeth Warren released her long-awaited Medicare for All funding plan this morning, and other Democratic rivals had been demanding this out of it, out of her. And Marsha will have more in the news uh, later this hour, the details. But the the highlights are it would raise $20 trillion in taxes on employers, financial firms, giant corporations, and the top 1%, but not a penny for the middle class. $20 trillion in taxes. 
and um, would uh, overall healthcare spending would rise to fifty-two trillion over a decade. But uh, more details on that. Hey, coming hey, up. hey, Michael, do you have the door open, Andy? Hey, look, everybody. <laughs> Santa Claus. Ho, 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 ho. This plan is wildly unrealistic. Ho, ho, ho. And I make toys for children with magical elf slave labor. Ho, 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 ho. Door again. Bye, Santa. Well, I would have liked to have James. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'd like to have talked to him for a while. Yeah, I'd, stay longer next I've, time, I've Santa. always had questions. St. Nick himself. Well, he comes and he goes. Why, why chimneys in an era where electric heat and gas heat are so much more popular? He comes, he eats half a cookie, he goes. That's just how he rolls. <laughs> That's how the big man he rolls. eats a half a cookie to make it very clear he was here. Is it the same suit, or do you have like a closet full of that suit? Exactly. No, it's like Steve Jobs. Yeah, he's got that's all he wears. He doesn't have to think about it. Ho, 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 ho. You can magically the red suit with white trim today. Ho, ho, ho. You can magically fly around the planet in one night, right? But you can't handle your weight situation. You can't deal with that. You can't um, have a salad occasionally. <laughs> Are you fat shaming Santa? <laughs> Big bone. Fat shaming Santa. Wow, um, he's a jolly old elf. No, I had something serious on that. Oh, oh, the interesting thing on this will to me will be. She's leading in the polls uh, nationally and in Iowa, the important polls, the early polls. The other candidates, what are they going to have? What are their statements going to be within the hour? She just put this out. Yeah. If you're Biden, if you're Buttigieg, if you're whoever, you got to take shots at this right now. So I'll, I'll be watching their Twitter feeds. Well, and you remember when the narrative as Liz was rising up through the ranks was, uh, well, she's not yet gotten the scrutiny that comes to a front runner. Really starts well, today. Well, that's over. Yeah, that especially over, starts today, I think. My favorite aspect of this, and I know we're going to talk a little bit more about it later, but is she uh, argues she can collect $2.3 trillion by empowering the IRS to crack down on tax evasion and fraud. You know, both parties, candidates have been doing this my whole adult life, the fraud, waste, and abuse argument, and there is a ton of fraud, waste, and abuse. Oh, yeah. But nobody ever gets to it. No. It never happens. No. They'll occasionally do a really uh, fabulous report on it and identify where it exists, but that's where it ends. Yeah. Candidates have been running on that forever, and I think, oh, finally. Right. Now. No, yeah, we'll see. No, it's like the exterminator comes to your house and says, yeah, yep, rats and uh, cockroaches, and oh, my God, there are a lot of ants here, and then he just gets in his van and drives away. That's not exterminating. You're not doing the exterminating part. Well, yeah, welcome to government. Uh, also to come, oh, you know what I want to talk about is um, uh, David Letterman, famous uh, sexer up of staff members. I didn't know at the time. Consensual, though. Right? Yes, sort of, kind of. Not entirely. Okay. Also, and, and again, one of our fabulous listeners sent this along. It was, this is a major report presented to the Air Force um, entitled Weather as a Force Multiplier, Owning the Weather in 2025. What? How to manipulate the weather for military purposes. Oh, boy. That sounds like the sort of thing that dooms mankind. Sounds exciting to me. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get to that. Um, But the Letterman thing I think you'll find interesting, particularly if you're the sort who is rolling your eyes at the whole 
woke, the excesses of the Me Too thing. A Me Too thing itself, I think, is a positive force. But, you know, people have gone crazy over it. You laugh at that sort of thing. Uh, I, I like Letterman's uh, perspective. And, and the long and short of his message was, uh, I, I was not a good guy. Okay, cool. We're going to do that next. I'll, I'll slip in a quick Halloween story then. Um, so last night, uh, trick-or-treating with the kids, which is one thing that was on my mind was uh, the short window of this sort of stuff that, uh, you know, the whole trick-or-treating thing. Oh, yeah. You know, that age. It doesn't that start innocence. until they're like three or four, until they can walk on their own, and then you get till they're like, what, 12, 13, and then it's over. So that's, a, that's yeah. that period, and it's over. Uh, but anyway, so I'm trick-or-treating with my two kids who are seven and nine, and uh, with the family we always trick-or-treat with, they've got a almost four-year-old. So it was his first year of running around on his own in his costume. It was just cuter than heck. He was dressed as the Flash, Uh and he would run really fast and stop, and then he'd run really fast and stop, and he was just so dang cute. But all the parents, including me, kept saying, Man, you're fast! That was so fast, Flash! Run over there! (laughs) And Henry, my son, seven, kept... He walked up and he said, Why do all the parents keep saying how fast he is? He doesn't look any faster than any other kid I've ever seen. (laughs) Good man, Henry. It was really bothering him. He he said that several times. The way to go, Flash, I can hardly see you. Why do parents keep saying that? Yeah. This is biased media. (laughs) He just just couldn't figure out why everybody was laying on the whole you're so fast thing. Yep. Yep. That's the right attitude, son. (laughs) Call him out. Right. Truth is better. Everything should be the truth. Hey, Flash, I could whoop you. Best two or three. Go! You're of a barely average four-year-old speed. Right. I'm not impressed. <laughs> God, my kids got a lot of candy, though. Best haul they've ever had, or oh, worst boy. haul, depending oh, on how you look I at it. Said, mm, please. I I like those people who gave uh, away the gluten-free energy yep. bar, or yep. the uh, nutrition bar. Boy, the kids were disappointed in that. Henry actually said, what the hell? Oh, boy. <laughs> To the giver? Or? No, when he got uh, back to the sidewalk and looked right. Right, because right. sometimes you can't exactly see what they're tossing in sure. your bag, and so oh, you're sure. hoping. No, they're very polite at the door. Very, very polite at the door. They do a good job. But then they get back and see what it was, and then not always thrilled. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I'd have thrown it back. That's not in the Halloween spirit, Jack. <laughs> anyway, all the stuff we talked about on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. According to Google, this year's most popular Halloween costume is Pennywise the Clown from It. Ooh. The least popular Halloween costume, once again, sexy Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> I saw a lot of, uh, I didn't know the clown was Pennywise. I've never seen It or read it, but I saw a lot of that. was popular and frightening. Yeah. Yeah. Killer clowns lurking at the edge of the woods. <laughs> right. Oh, speaking of uh, costumes, Halloween costumes, uh, finishing off our discussion of the college guidelines to your costumes. Um, and, and we've got to talk about this later because, for instance, we we learned the phrase, a person living in prison. You're not an inmate or a convict or a criminal. You're a person living in prison. A prisoner. Hmm. No, no. <laughs> that denies their humanity, you pig. Of course, calling someone a pig denies them. <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
please stop using gendered language. Please do not use gendered language to to address everyone. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> here's the poster. My culture is not your costume. And my costume is not my consent. Making it clear that if you dress up as a slutty lumberjack, mm. that does not mean, you know, you can be groped or what have you. A right. lumber yeah. jill, I got things will. to say, but I'll save it till later. All right, then. Speaking of sexism, I found this interesting. I vaguely remember 10 years ago, <clears throat> Vanity Fair ran a big article about David Letterman. Damn! David Letterman! Who is reincarnated as Santa Claus now, with his white hair and his long white beard. And has a very serious show. Yes, he does. Uh, it was written by a former Late Night with David Letterman writer, Nell Scovel, or Scovel. Uh, she publicly called out her former boss for sexist behavior on his Late Night show, including not hiring enough women writers, having inappropriate relations with uh, staffers on the show, that sort of thing. Uh, she ultimately quit, uh, published her piece. Uh, Letterman never read that Vanity Fair piece. I probably wouldn't either. Knowing Vanity Fair, it's probably because it was too long. But he did read it recently when he agreed to meet up with Scovell to talk about it. Mm. And Letterman's, what, in his mid-70s? I mean, he's pretty old now. He's probably mm. taking a look at his life. Yeah, I don't, re- I don't remember what his age is. But, yeah, he's got to be at least pushing 70, right? Uh, somebody look that up, would you? I don't. I don't know why that's such a fundamental piece of information, but it is. Newspapers uh, will say uh, Mr. Jones, comma thirty-five, mm-hmm. was arrested when. You know, um, the result is a fascinating new piece by Scovell, according to this uh, journalist. Um, ten years after the Vanity Fair article, in it she recaps why she wrote the first article, her pre-late night experience with the workplace sexual harassment. And the recent long overdue conversation she had with Letterman to talk about it. Letterman, who happens to be blank years old. 72. Oh, mm. 72. Yeah. Yeah. Um, blah, 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 blah. She details the candid chat in which Letterman reflects on her article and his regrets, offering her several apologies. You know, the other night I read the piece you wrote 10 years ago, Letterman told her, and I thought, holy S, this is so disturbing and sadly a perspective that I did not have. I'm sorry I was that way, and I was happy to have read the piece because it wasn't angering. I felt horrible because, and this was my favorite phrase, who wants to be the guy that makes people unhappy to work where they're working? Well, yeah. I don't want to be that guy. I'm not that guy now. I was that guy then. Well, what what's his... Uh, and then he called several talented female staffers who were denied promotions and apologized. But did you deny him promotions because they wouldn't have sex or... No. I, or were women, were women? Yeah, he just wasn't into hiring women writers. Huh. He just preferred to have guys. Well, I'll tell you what, when you get discriminated against. That's a tough one. When you get into the creative world, you know, whatever makes me feel more comfortable to paint a better painting or make a better joke or play a guitar solo better, it seems like a good choice to me, whether it's fair or not. Well, you start factoring that into art throughout the history of art. Right. Right. Well, Da Vinci felt more comfortable with dudes around than women. That's no good. Right. Well, he was gay, right? So da Vinci? There was that. Da Vinci was gay. One of those guys was gay. One, One of, of those, those guys. guys was gay. Let's That's leave it at that. T- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not outing. I'm not going to out the great artists of the Renaissance. Let's leave I'm it trying at to, that. I'm trying to keep it vague. 
Anyway, <laughs> what is this why he cut off his ear? There you go. That's right. Da Vinci cut off his ear. Um, I feel like we're not helping at all. No. No. The critical part is that Letterman himself looks back and says, wow, I was just that was not a good way to be. I will tell you this, though. It's easy to cross into the ground that you're talking about. Remember that idiotic lawsuit where the uh, old anchor lady sued uh, because she got fired for being too old and, and not attractive, and they hired some big-boobed young hottie. It's the entertainment business. If A is more entertaining than B, you got to go with A. God, if I'm and that's okay. If I'm sitting around in the joke room at night with a bunch of dudes where we know we can say practically anything and nobody's going to get upset about it and we come up with jokes and we're all making a lot of money, yeah, that's the only thing that matters. Right. I don't know how you codify that in uh, legal terms, workplace, all that. but I'm not sure you can. Maybe you can. Okay. Well, things will be less funny then. I got to get a room full of everybody uh, to fill, fulfill all these different legal requirements. It won't be near right. as funny, but at least it'll be fair. Welcome, Asian woman. Check box. Yeah, it's it's tough balance. Wow, that that's interesting. Well, welcome never having the best of anything. Mediocrity, but yeah. will uh, Jack? Diversity is our greatest strength. What's coming up here your... at uh, the Comedy Central? We're no longer funny, but we're very diverse. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Uh, Elizabeth Warren drops details of her Medicare for All plan. Wait till you hear those details. They may give you a heart attack, ironically. And Trump's got a new plan to fight back against the impeachment court. Cool. mentioned that Trump officially moved out of New York, the, the, the city of New York and the state of New York, and now uh, declared himself a Florida resident. It is now his home. Wow. Florida man. Mm. Trump is Florida man. He's now the president of Florida man <laughs> as well. <laughs> wow. Um, it, taxes and regulations and, and crazy politics. And among the most important swing states in America... You're a cynical man. You know what the taxes are in New York City, especially? There's a 4% city tax on top of the state tax on top of the federal tax. How does a city pay a tax, Joe? That doesn't make any sense. No, you you fool. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, Elizabeth Warren is releasing details of her Medicare for All plan. The Massachusetts Democrat pledging not to raise middle class taxes to pay for what her campaign estimates will cost $52 trillion over 10 years. The current federal budget is $4 trillion? And so she's suggesting another $5.2 trillion on top of it. Yeah. And if so I'm, more if, than doubling the budget. If yeah. I'm Joe Biden, I've already tweeted out a response to this, talking about his line from the debate, which I thought was good. You know, that's more than the Pentagon spends on everything. He would, he would have tweeted this, but he's busy banging his razor against the rain barrel or something. <laughs> but I think the uh, Elizabeth's opponents, since she's in first place in Iowa, need to, to come after that today. Yep. Well, they're going to have a chance to come after that today. I'll tell you about that in just a second. Meanwhile, Warren is finally admitting that her universal Medicare plan would result in the loss of at least 2 million jobs. Speaking during a forum at New Hampshire Public Radio, Warren was asked... An economist at the University of Massachusetts Amherst told Kaiser Health News earlier this year that that could result in about 2 million jobs lost. Uh, He said those would be mostly administrative positions and insurers, doctors' offices. Her answer to that? I agree. I think this is part 
of the cost issue and should be part of a cost plan. There you go. I agree. You know, that's funny. I, I thought she would parry that more effectively. It reminds me a little bit. I heard a news story this morning of, uh, I think it's California, or, or no, the Trump administration is changing some of the rules, the rules for food stamps and, and the various uh, welfare programs that are administered through the Department of Agriculture. They're just uh, tightening some of the rules and, and, and eliminating some exemptions for states, that sort of thing. It's really technical. But the headline is always, it will eliminate aid for three million people. Not even entertaining the notion that perhaps those three million people shouldn't be getting other people's tax right, money, right. or that the system is being abused, or or that it's you know it's just inefficient or whatever. That's never even entertained. So I thought you'd say, well, yeah, but those people will get uh, jobs with the government health care, and it'll be a better job. I don't. Why doesn't or you there, just say that? Or or you could say there are layers of management that just suck money out of the system that don't need to exist. That is what she said, but she said it really, really poorly. You just said it way better. Yeah. Anyway, as Jack was mentioning, this move should add some real firepower to her Democratic rivals who will all be attending a major party fundraising dinner in Iowa today. The Liberty and Justice celebration is going to draw thousands of Democrats to, to Des Moines, and it's going to have rallies and concerts and carrying on. And 14 presidential candidates are also expected. Top contenders Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, and Bernie Sanders are going to be there, along with Mayor Pete and Kamala Harris. They are all going to be there trying to get, right. gain support now, amongst their followers. I know you're about to talk about impeachment, so combining those two stories, I read the whole political story and Politico story, and it's pretty interesting that, uh, how unprecedented this is, and nobody knows how it's going to be handled. The timing now, according to Politico, looks mm-hmm. like the Senate portion of impeachment will happen first of the year. The the last month leading up to the Iowa caucus is the month where candidates run around door-to-door, house-to-house, church-to-church, yeah. when they really have the most effective push to surprise somebody and win Iowa. Your headliners, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and a bunch of other senators who don't have a chance, Cory Booker and Kamala Harris, but your two of your, two your leading candidates will be in Washington, D.C. all day, every day, Politico says, for at least a month. Mm. In January. Yeah. How is that going to work? It's got to be good news for Mayor Pete and maybe Joe Biden that they'll they'll be still in Iowa going around uh, beating up on those people as they aren't around to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. What an interesting situation, though. Biden is so lame at this point. He just comes off as... Zero energy, zero potential. <clears throat> but I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. All right. I don't know some, you, some energy. I don't know if you remember how these things usually work, but that last month, everybody, Barack Obama, various right. people that won Trump, they're having these giant Iowa rallies, and everything is just like really building up ahead of steam to the final caucus night. Mm-hmm. And they're not even going to be there. Right. That's going to be weird. <clears throat> well, now that the House has passed the resolution, okay, and ground rules for the impeachment inquiry into Trump, what's going to be happening next? Under the resolution, the House Intelligence Committee is tasked with convening public hearings, and those hearings are expected to happen as early as mid-November, mid-month. They will no doubt be nationally televised. They'll give Americans the opportunity to hear directly from the witnesses. Republicans, under the rules, can call their own witnesses with Democratic majority approval. And President Trump can send his attorneys, and he can even be there if he so chooses. Wow, so you have to get the approval of the majority to even call a witness. That's interesting. 
Meanwhile, the president... Uh, yeah, because Adam Schiff is going to fairly administer that. Great, Scott. Meanwhile, the president says, you know, he just <laughs> might read the rough transcript of his conversation with Ukraine's president on TV. Trump said he's thinking about reading the transcript of that conversation in the style of former President Franklin Roosevelt's fireside chats on the radio in the 1930s and 40s. This is one of those one-off thoughts that Trump has and says to a reporter, he'll never think about it again, he'll never do this, or he was trolling just to get people to talk about him. Right. Hey, we've got a very solid jobs report for October uh, U.S. employers adding 128,000 jobs last month, a figure that was held down, actually, by the now-settled strike against GM that caused several thousand workers to be temporarily counted as unemployed. The Labor Department said the unemployment rate because of that ticked up from 35 to 3.6%, but that's still a five-decade low. For the second straight month, average hourly wages went up by 3% from a year ago. Wow. 3% wage growth. That's pretty strong. And now that the uh, GM strike is over, the report has said revised upward job gains should explode over the next couple of months. And Trump's happy about it. He's uh, retweeting various stories about it. Yep. And lastly, Florida man, Donald Trump. <laughs> lastly, Google's parent company is uh, spending about uh, a little over $2 billion to acquire Fitbit. That gives them entry into the smartwatch market. Now putting our evil on your wrist. Google. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Want your health data sold to the Russians or the Chinese? <laughs> Fitbit. Your very heartbeat sold to the Russians. Fitbit. <laughs> wow. yeah, boy. Um, so that big bag of Kit Kats that was out there when yeah. we started the show, is uh, there's hardly any left now. Who's been eating all the Kit Kats? I've had a I couple. Had a few. You've had a couple? You've yeah. had a few? Okay. A well, few. It adds up. I've had a handful. There, are they fun oh. size or bite size? Uh, fun size, because, yeah, there's two, there's two Kit Kats per. But they're not the full size, right? Like, but you can you can snap them. I don't yeah. know. Don't look at me. I don't eat candy like a child. <laughs> what I noticed last night as I was eating candy like yes. a child is uh, all that the fun size does is I have to spend more time unwrapping candy. Yeah, that's that's, that's really the not only, fun. That's the only thing that I get out of it instead of just eating. But you feel like a, a like there's something wrong with you if you eat the giant Kit Kat and unwrap that and just sit there and cheat you, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but the tiny little bite, I'll just go grab a bite as I head on back to the bathroom and gather up the dirty towels for laundry and come back. I think I'll get another candy bar as I go good. I didn't even have that first one. Nah, I already forgot right, about that. Exactly. One swallow. What was right. that? We weren't much of a candy family growing up, and uh, so really the only candy that was ever in the house was after Halloween. Yeah, no, we never had candy either. And it was and it was the uh, the fun size. Which, again, are marginally fun at best, but uh, I remember when I started working in a place that had a vending machine and I could buy a full-size Snickers bar, it, it was astounding to me. It was like seeing a mansion on uh, you know some TV shows. Like the first time I could afford a new car, I just, I held this monster in my hands and thought I could eat this for days. It's huge. Yeah, my kids got each got one full-size candy bar. They couldn't stop talking about the excitement of that. She's giving out full-size candy bars! <laughs> the right. gold mine! The gold yes. mine! Was that more or less impressive than the handful of bite-size? Uh, I think that, that was that was the gold mine. Okay. The, 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 the yeah. woman that was putting out handfuls yeah. of candy. Yeah. But she was just shutting down for the night. But rumors spread throughout the neighborhood. There's a gold mine over on Villanova Street! She doesn't even know what she's doing. Yeah, right. <laughs> went viral. <laughs> yes, it went viral among kids. Yeah. 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 
The effort to control the weather by 2025. Fascinating stuff. We'll touch on that. The, Everybody uh, complains about the weather, and now somebody's finally going to do something well, about it? Well, the United States military is taking a serious look at it. That's the end of humanity, isn't it, when you start controlling the weather? Eh, we have had a good run. We've had you a, know? Yeah, that's enough of us. Right. Uh, the dinosaurs, surely yeah. they'll, they'll reappear or something. Giant rat-like creatures. I don't something. know about you. I'm kind of sick of our act. That and other stuff, how to compost your pumpkin, uh, has the USA Today. How to compost your jack-o'-lanterns. That's something Chuck it in a about. pile in a backyard, right? <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. exhibit called The Zone will let Britney Spears fans experience what it was like to be her in her music videos. Uh, it comes with a dad who forces you to go to the exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. God dang it. There's one house I went by and this, um, I don't know if they had kids or not, but she looked to be the mom or the wife, I'm guessing, husband and wife. Uh, I forget what he was dressed at. I didn't notice him. And the, the wife who looked to be like 23 was wearing go-go boots and thigh highs and a short skirt and a, what, what? What are you doing, handing out kids to my candy? I mean, what is the unless you're, you're handing out kids? Good un, Lord. Unless the trick or treat for you is like later tonight's how you make your house payment. I don't know. What are you doing? Oh, 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 oh. trick! What is what is what is this, what is this goal here? Wow, looking sexy <laughs> for my children. My costume is not my consent, Jack. Whatever. So I just learned that phrase. Um, I might get to this later. I've been reading this opinion piece by Aaron Sorkin. You know Aaron Sorkin, the guy who writes TV shows and movies and whatnot? Fast walking, fast talking dialogue. Um, he's uh, blasting uh, Mark Zuckerberg about their policy for how to handle political ads and stuff like that. This whole conversation with Twitter and Facebook and information and leave, letting everything go on or trying to take down some wherever is really something. Yeah. And, and, and an important one for the future of everything, really. Sean, a comment? One of Aaron Sorkin's more famous works was The Social Network, which is the backstory of Facebook. Which he uh, he gets into and mentions. Mm. Yeah, I'd like to hear more about that. It is uh, one of the great ongoing conversations in the country, and uh, I'm, I'm on the free-for-all side of things, but more on that to come. <clears throat> so, I'm going to be quoting from a an Air Force report entitled Weather as a Force Multiplier Owning the Weather in 2025. It's all that about ain't very far away. M- no, it's all about manipulating the weather having for, uh endless famines and floods. What? And the end of humanity. You're a can't do guy. <laughs> I'm going to wade on in, manipulate the weather, and see how it goes. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. What does nature know? The the point of this, and they make it clear that some of these technologies exist, and we have them, and we can do some of this. Cloud seeing? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. That's uh, one of them. And some of them are theoretical, or we're just going to fill in the blanks we can and leave the blanks blank that we can't, which is typical of military planning. I know a little about this. But the idea is, even if you don't know how to cause a flood, for instance, um, you ought to have ready contingency plans for doing it. 
Um, you, you know, if, if if something erupts in some part of the world, you don't want to be at start. You don't want to be at, holy cow, how many countries are, are around there? I think it's 12, sir. No, it's only 11. What's the 12th? Does anybody know the 12th country? No, it's, this stuff's got to be ready. And so some of it, again, has blanks to be filled in. But quoting from the executive summary. In 2025, U.S. aerospace forces can own the weather by capitalizing on emerging technologies and focusing development of those technologies to war-fighting applications. So we could send our hurricane at some country we're at war with? That's an example. Wow. Such a capability offers the warfighter tools to shape the battle space in ways never before possible. It provides opportunities to impact operations across the full spectrum of conflict and is pertinent to all possible futures. The purpose of this paper is to outline a strategy for the use of future weather modification systems to achieve military objectives um, rather than to provide a detailed technical roadmap. A lot of this technology, well, for my whole life, has been, uh, I'm glad it's in the hands of the good guys, us. As long as we have this stuff, okay, fine. I assume it'll be used mostly for good, not ill. But when the Chinese have it or the Russians, yeah, they can send hurricanes to the, the, the Gulf of Mexico whenever they want. Right. Now, this speaks to Jack's cringing girlish concerns. <laughs> Which was both unfair and hilarious. Please do not use gendered yeah. language to to address everyone. Oh, let me sit down and catch my breath. <laughs> a high risk, high reward endeavor. Weather modification offers a dilemma not unlike the splitting of the atom. While some segments of society will always be reluctant to examine controversial issues such as weather modification, the tremendous military capabilities that could result from this field are ignored at our own peril. And yeah. they go on in some detail. Oh, my God. This has really got the potential to be fabulous. <laughs> the thing that ended civilization. And finally, this was my favorite part. In the introduction, here's your scenario. Imagine that in 2025, the U.S. is fighting a rich but now consolidated, politically powerful drug cartel in South America. The cartel has purchased hundreds of Russian and Chinese-built fighters, fighter planes, jets that have successfully thwarted our attempts to attack their production facilities. With their local numerical superiority and interior lines, the cartel is launching more than 10 aircraft for every one of ours. So we decide to make it really humid until they're annoyed? <laughs> In addition, the cartel is using the French système probateur d'observation de l'attaque. Or the spot system, positioning and tracking imagery system, which is uh, capable of transmitting perfect imagery, blah, blah, blah. The U.S. wishes to engage the enemy on an uneven playing field in order to exploit the full potential of our aircraft and munitions. And in this scenario, it points out that in the big regions of South America, they typically have afternoon thunderstorms on a near daily basis. Hmm. Near tropical areas. Our intelligence has confirmed that cartel pilots are reluctant to fly in or near thunderstorms. Therefore, our weather force support element, which is part of the commander-in-chief's air operations, blah, 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 is tasked to forecast storm paths and trigger or intensify thunderstorm cells over crucial areas that target the enemy and defend with their aircraft. And since our aircraft in 2025 will have all-weather capability, we'll have the edge, blah, blah, blah. We had to do that for several months, which led to the eradication of a particular species of bird that was not used to that level of moisture. That bird, of course, fed on this particular insect. The mosquito, which... Uh, that is now yeah. multiplied by 500 times. is now You know, just that... I just see that... Why sort of don't you put on a skirt? <laughs> wow. 
You're really working, really working the misogyny desk today. Why don't, why don't you put on a diaper, baby? <laughs> so Grow you're just gonna, hey, learn to speak Mandarin then. Child. Learn to speak Mandarin. You child. I got child. the atom bomb. I got artificial weather, perhaps earthquakes in my mighty hands. You're going to be speaking Mandarin. So for a while, we'll have this technology and only us. So we'll use it to our benefit and use it wisely, I hope. But when China's got it, too, and we're sending a hurricane at them, and they're sending a hurricane at us, and the hurricanes meet over the no, Pacific Ocean somewhere. If we get it first, we just send an earthquake to wherever they're trying to get their weather controlling things going, and we just reduce it to rubble, and then we, is, we maintain our lead. Starting to sound a little bit like either stoned college kids or the super friends. <laughs> Power of an earthquake. Energy of a tornado. So, prior... So, we're going to use... And that's the sound it would make. Exactly. We'll use uninhabited aerospace vehicles, or UAVs, for weather modification. Prior to the attack, the UAVs begin cloud generation and seeding. Then they disperse a cirrus shield to deny enemy visuals and infrared surveillance. Simultaneously, microwave heaters create localized scintillation to disrupt active sensing, etc., etc. We'll make it hot and stormy and nasty and then blow the bejesus out of that cartel. Woof! America! Wow, that's going to be something. And in five years, this is a possibility? Yeah, we're working on it. 